Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the TTM Sports Show. My name is James Hounsell. And my name is James Harrison. And tonight we are going to have one of our famous debates. We're going to get down to it, James. Um, If you've uh, followed our Twitter page at TTM Sports, you'll know that tonight it is a big debate in this country. We're going to talk about England's top 10 biggest clubs Yeah, you're right. The top 10 biggest clubs of this country is open for a huge debate, especially places 3 to 10. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, I think we're probably in agreement with, uh, along with our followers, that the top three are pretty much set in stone. So just before we get cracking, James, Mm. um, we're just going to run through the criteria that we're looking for in here. So we've cobbled everything together and we're going to go run by the same criteria to make it fair. Um, So... We're in agreement, James, with all these uh, elements of the criteria. History, yeah, talking club history. So if you've just been bought out by a Saudi Arabian sheikh, that might not do you so good. Um, stadium and infrastructure, yeah. Global appeal, mm, absolutely. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Manchester United, very, uh, very popular in the Far East, for example. Uh, the ability to attract stars. That's another one which I think is very important. If you're going to be a big club, you need to be attracting the biggest names in the game. That goes for managers as well, I would say. Stars, so top managers, top players. Uh, Trophies and European success goes without saying. You cannot be a big club without putting Summit on the table at the end of the season. Isn't that right, James? Absolutely. 
And uh, interna- England internationals as well. I think it's another a marker of if you're a big club, if you're producing, you know, when, when Gareth Southgate or whoever is announced in the England squad, if there's a few of your players in that England squad, you're thinking, yeah, well, you know, we're a big club. Mm. Um, and playing squad, current playing squads, I suppose, is going to come into it because, you know, what's happening here and now is obviously very, very important in the modern game as well. So um, happy with the criteria, James. Yeah, let's uh, let, let's jump straight into it then. So if we're going to jump straight in now, we know we're going to start at number one. We're going to go one down to ten. So we know before we've even started, James, this is going to be one of the big debates. So the top two, I think we can agree, and anyone with, with half a brain in this country or around the world that knows anything about football would, wouldn't be able to disagree with these top two. So it's Liverpool and Manchester United, uh, the top two, for sure. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Th- this is where the debate is going to come. Who is the biggest? Uh, Liverpool. And is that because you're a Liverpool fan, James, you're going to say that only? No, um, I'm, I'm going to say Liverpool are, are the biggest club in England. Um, very, very simply to put that we have 43 major honours and Manchester United have 42 major honours. Now, the debate will centre around, Man United fans will argue, well, we've got 20 league titles and you've only got 19. Yeah, but we've got six European Cups and you've got three. You know, and as far as I'm concerned, you look at the plain squad, for instance, as well. I think our first 11 beats their first 11. Um, no doubt it at all about that. Um, and, and that's been demonstrated over the last couple of years. As far as I'm concerned, Man United are just piling in money. I mean, the other the other thing that, that I believe puts Liverpool in the box seat in terms of your criteria is the manager as well, is, is our appeal to get managers into the club. You know, when we went for Rafael Benitez in 2004, we had a choice. It was Jose Mourinho before he went to Chelsea, or it was Benitez. And we thought that Benitez was the better fit. Looking back on it, you know, you could probably argue that maybe Mourinho would have been quite good No, I don't, us, I don't you think know. you can argue. I think, I think Benitez done a, but, done a fantastic do, job at Liverpool, let's be honest. The differences between Benitez and Mourinho is Benitez is a man of the people and the club will always, always, always love Rafael Benitez, even though he, even he's gone to Everton. Yeah, absolutely. After what he said about Everton, he said there'll always be a small club, which we'll, we'll get to in a bit. For me, the one thing that Man United do have over Liverpool is I think they have an advantage in the global appeal. Yeah, I was going to say that. I think global global appeal for sure. Uh, United, I would say, are the bigger club. Um, mm. You know, football hit they a are. massive boom in you know in the nineties and the noughties, and, and you know, and Beckham and everything else. The global appeal of Man United, like like I said, in in Asia, and that is huge. Um, Liverpool's global appeal. I'd imagine Liverpool are very well supported in America now. Yeah, I think um, the global appeal for Liverpool, especially over um, the last five years, the gap is closing. That's demonstrated by our record-breaking shirt deal with Nike, which is the biggest in Premier League history. Um, it's the biggest kit deal ever um, in, in, in our country. What I'll yeah. also say is that as soon as the Premier League hit its formation back in the early 90s, a whole new ball game, 
Manchester United um, really kicked on. They developed their stadium immediately. They they were yeah. developing Old Trafford immediately. They were bringing in... You You had people like David Gill at the football club and, and then later on into the mid-noughties, Peter Kenyon before he'd done the dirty and went to Chelsea. Um, their global appeal and merchandising was fantastic and, and Liverpool sort of got left behind. Um, the chairman at the time, Mr. Moores, um, he didn't really take us to that to that next level commercially and we, we really got left behind there. Also, a couple with the success on the pitch for Manchester United demonstrated their capability to not only back up a, a, a major global appeal, but they backed it up with pure silverware. Now, yeah. if you would have asked me this question three or four years ago, um, I, I would have said Manchester United. But the fact that Liverpool have now not only closed the gap, but then retook the lead in the major honours list and, and at our rate of growth... And coupled with the criteria that, that we've got in this podcast tonight, we're talking about the managers. Okay, well, who's the better manager? Jurgen Klopp. Who, you know, who's the most successful club in terms of trophies? Liverpool. Who's got the best playing squad at the moment right now as a team? Right now. You know, it's up for debate, but I still think we shade it. I do. I think uh, Man United playing at their best and Liverpool playing at their best. I think Liverpool win. That's demonstrated only three or four months ago. We won 4-1 at Old Trafford. Um, so, you know, we had a young Curtis Jones in the team with Nat Phillips and Reese Williams. So as far as I'm concerned, um, for me, I will always say Liverpool, but you can't discount the global appeal. You can. Um, I think we're at a point now, like you said, uh, James, if you were to be asked this question three or four years ago, you know, Man United or, or even 10 years ago when Ferguson was still in charge and, and United were dominating, they were European force. And Liverpool was sort of bracket down at that point. Yeah, no, um, maybe Liverpool, two brackets down. Yeah, Liverpool have had a have, have had a resurgence, and that the tide has turned in their favour in terms of the debate. I think, um, and also I, I didn't realise mm, nationally how popular Liverpool maybe were until when they won the league title, and and you know every single TV channel, every single news, everything was Liverpool, 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 the greatest team ever, blah blah blah. And of course, with the Champions League as well, you know, you do often forget how big a club this is um, mm. because they are. I feel like Liverpool, in terms of on the pitch and in the competitions, take out the last three, four years, they've always been kind of bridesmaid, never the bride, a little bit compared to some of the other sides in recent yeah. years. Yeah, so well, I would accept I, that. Yeah, I would say, I would say, right now, right now. I would say, and and, it, and you thought this was going to be more of an argument than it, than it has been. I would say right now, Liverpool just edging it as uh, England's uh, biggest I, I club. Would, I would agree with that. And, and also, uh, uh, but of, I, it's close. It's, yeah, it, it's a toss of a coin, really. I mean, the sponsors coming into Liverpool, there's massive, massive, massive investment exactly coming the from same the USA. Kobe exactly Bryant taking same. out shares in Liverpool Football Club for a start. And there's, and there's also um, the, the fact of the matter will remain that Liverpool rejected a £3 billion bid for the club uh, mm. less than two months ago. Um, when FSG brought the club um, after the horror of George Gillette and Tom Hicks for a couple of hundred million, or a few hundred million, shall we say, to now, you know, more than treble quadruple five times the money and reject it. That just goes to show the, the power of position that the club is in right now. And look, the, the future looks fantastic. Uh, and also economically, you you could argue that Liverpool, uh, 
we can't afford to go out and well we can afford to go out and spend the money we can we've shown that we've done it before with van dyke allison and fabinho however i think we've just got a principle that we stick to as a club because we don't ever want to be in the position that we're in under hicks and gillette where we were very very close to the unthinkable and fsg come in with a pure model so the money's there at the club and, and that's probably the fans biggest frustration in terms of manchester united well they were bought on debt um but you can't discount the fact that they can just go out and spend a hundred million pounds on a player and no one will batter an eyelid. And you yeah. can't, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful because what Sir Alex Ferguson built with David Gill and before him, Martin Edwards, as well as the chairman uh, built at that club um, was just completely outstanding. And actually, to be fair, it, they set Man United up forever, really, um, and to always be a world dominant force. And, and they are. But for me right now, the biggest club in England um, you're taking into fans, you're taking England internationals and Trent Alexander-Arnold, and then we've obviously got the youth coming through. Uh, Joe Gomez also gets a game for England too when he's fit. Um, I think personally we are we are, we are are number one right now. Yeah, um, I'm willing to go with that for now, obviously, but that, that will be massively debated uh, across the land and across the mm. world forever. Mm. That, that argument really until one of the clubs dies. But So we move on to third and fourth now. Now, when we sort of did a the little draft James when we were yes. when we were thinking about doing this podcast we put Man City straight in at number three um yes. and f- looking at it again and seeing what we've had on Twitter as well I think we're gonna have to rethink that one yeah I've and again I, I, I think it's another toss-up um I think it's another toss-up but I think we're, we're pretty dead set that it's Arsenal and Chelsea third and fourth yeah absolutely um I would say for me it's Chelsea in third um, yeah, it, you look at what they've won over the last 15 years, you know, consistently winning trophies. Bearing in mind they weren't a small club before that. Arsenal had their glory period in, in the, the late 90s to mid-noughties, um, you know, that golden period under Wenger. But other than that, they're sort of a, you know, they're no better than Chelsea were before the money and or, and, and now even now so yeah, I, the, the... I think Chelsea are, are a bigger club I think the state uh, the stadium okay you could say Arsenal got a nicer stadium but when you look at Highbury they've only been they've only been in the Emirates for what 12 years something like that so you look yeah. at Highbury compared to Stamford Bridge there was no competition there so stadium wise global appeal I think Chelsea uh, although you could argue with Arsenal there is a massive global appeal a lot of um, Arsenal fans in Africa um, right, you know they've yeah. always had top African stars as well you think about people like George Weyer um, Colo Torre, Laurent. Um, well, George Weyer played for George Weyer played for Chelsea, but basically, um, in in terms of Arsenal, yeah, absolutely. Bakary Sanya, the the list goes yeah. on. Um, what what Aubameyang. Yeah, but what I will say about Arsenal is we've had this debate as well. They are one of only two clubs who have never been relegated from England's yep. top flight division. They have consistently, even under Herbert Chapman in the turn of the century, the, the the previous century, they've always been there or thereabouts. They've sporadically won FA Cups. They've sporadically won They've, they've won the most FA Cups. That Arsenal hold the, the record for the most FA Cup wins as well. Yeah, with which 13. Is not, which is 14 now. It's not to be sniffed at. Um, global appeal. I think there is a huge global appeal there with Arsenal, in certainly in Africa, um, there are about six, tr- six titles that in total. So FA Cup, uh, let's say European trophies, uh, league titles, they're about four or five ahead of Chelsea. Um, but yeah. for me, Chelsea, when we look at but the criteria... Playing squad, I was going to say playing squad yeah. now as well. Um, Chelsea are 
let's be honest, in terms of cash to spend uh, compared to the other clubs, they're up there with City, they're up there with PSG if they want to. There's no doubt about that. So I don't think that... Here's another thought to it, James, all right? So sorry to cut you up on that, but Arsenal have, in fact, one of the richest owners um, Mm. in the world, in Stan Kroenke, but all of Kroenke's clubs are mid-table. So you go over to the American sports, all of Kroenke's clubs are mid-table clubs. Um, You know, as far as I'm concerned, I think that, uh, you know, Arsenal will always be a staple mainstay. They're a a bona fide, illustrious club of English football, and no one can ever take that away from them. However, Chelsea, you were right in saying, before the money came in, they were still qualifying for the for the Champions League is still in the Europa League now. What was the UEFA Cup? They still have Viali, they still have Kaziragi, they still have you know they still Zola. have big yeah, they have big players. They they were always a big club and, and, and you can't ever take that away from them. So yeah, I'll agree. I'll go with Chelsea third. Yeah, and I agree. Arsenal in fourth. But but I don't think there's much in it, to be fair, even as a Tottenham fan, I don't think there's much in it. Um the gap's growing one. though. The gap is growing, but we'll be, you know, Arsenal could be Fallen even further down that table in the next few years, for all we know. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. if the rise of some of these clubs we're going to talk about or resurgence of some of these clubs continue. So, Arsenal, Chelsea, so Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal. I think it's pretty simple from there. Then we get into sort of the nitty gritty now, where the criteria needs to be really stacked up um, against these clubs. So I, I'm going to throw a few names into the mix here, James, and I would argue argue with you to not put them in the top seven. So um, Tottenham, I'm going to go straight in there. I'm going to say they're in the next bracket down. Um, Manchester City, they're always they're rising fast up this table. I think they've got to be around mid, the middle of this this you know fifth, sixth, seventh. Um, and I reckon as well, I I would actually go as far and I would put Aston Villa in there. But then I think there is a case for Everton. I Leeds. think there's a case for Leeds. I think there's a case for Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle, the definition of sleeping giant has never been more apparent within the footballing world. If those guys would have taken over that football club last summer, I can guarantee you categorically that within 10 years they would have overtaken Man City. That's my prediction. A fan base, they leave yeah. Man City in the dust. I think. Well, it's, uh, a one club, it's a one-club city. It's a one-club city and that makes a massive difference. You look at some of these big clubs, Leeds, uh, one-club city, Newcastle, Leicester. You know, they're, they're one-club one cities, so... Um, I think it's a difficult that, that, one. That is a, yeah. When you look at Aston Villa, for instance, um, and you and you look, they're a, they're research, they're on the resurgence, aren't well, they? They're they're, a, they're a, you know middle of the country, middle of the pack. You, you can argue mm. they've won twenty major trophies. They've won the league seven times. They've won seven FA Cups, five League Cups, and a European Cup. Yeah, a, a you... bona fide European Cup, the big one, old big ears. They won it. And Man City haven't won it. And I know Manchester City have been for the last 10 years, um, you know, whether it's money or not, they've still won the competitions. Okay, And it pains me to say it as a Liverpool fan, they've still won the competitions. However, when you look at Manchester City, in terms of their historical value and what they genuinely bring to the table, well, Manchester City are nowhere... They're nowhere to be seen apart from the last 10 years. But, of course, we have to count it, don't we? They've won 22 trophies to Villa's 20. They've won the yeah. League seven times, same as Villa. They've won the FA Cup six times to Villa's seven. They've won the League Cup eight times. And they've obviously won the European Cup Winners' Cup. Um, but but as far as I'm concerned... So are, base, you, are you saying... Base, I think yeah, Villa have got base. more fans than City. 
Yeah, I think Leeds. I think Leeds have got more fans than City. I think Newcastle have got more fans. Maybe not now, but um, yeah. So where, where we where what we so who are we going for for fifth? Then are we are we agreeing that those are the next three down? Uh, yeah, I, I would or agree would that you those all... are the three clubs: is City, uh, Villa, and uh, you, it's a tough one between um, Everton, Newcastle, well. and Tottenham, and those. Sort of, I think no, let's Newcastle debate the next two. A, no, I, I would say City and Villa. Um, uh, no, I would say City and fifth. I'm happy with City and fifth. I think that's fair. I think we can agree that that's fair. Yeah. Then. The only thing that's bringing Tottenham would... above Villa is the playing squad right now. The stadium at Villa is actually a very, very, very nice stadium. And it's Compared very to the Tottenham big. Hotspur Stadium, no. But, but you could argue to- the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is, is better than... Arsenal's ground or you know a little bit better than that you you know in terms of facilities yeah that's great and playing squad but then if you go for marketability around the world is the gap between Tottenham massive to Aston Villa um I think serious question in terms of the criteria I would say they probably have us on history possibly yeah you've got Um, them on manager we've got them on stadium and infrastructure of course Global appeal. I think we're, we're. I think we're. We're more of a globally attractive club yeah, to support okay. than than Aston Villa. Ability to attract stars. I would say, yeah, right, right now. Right now, or, yeah, yeah. Right okay. now, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll take in, that. England internationals. I think we've we've always traditionally been a little bit, but above them. Yeah. Playing squad now. I would say our playing squad is better. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I would say yeah. I would say yeah. I would put Tottenham to sixth, and I'll tell you why Tottenham is sixth as well. And people don't want to hear it. Okay, but there's a reason that when this European Super League was put together, concocted, mm. whatever, and 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 you know, there's a reason that Tottenham were involved because they have that big club status. You know, they didn't just put Wolves in there, did they? And say, no, come on, lads, right. you fancy a go? So I think that has to be the top six biggest clubs in England, not yeah, to protect uh, okay. the integrity of the European Super League. But because there's a reason that it was those six clubs, and I think they are the best six, the biggest six clubs in this country. Yeah, so I would that. put top. I, I would oh, say no, no. Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea. That's your top three. Then Arsenal, Manchester City, then Tottenham. And then I, think I would it's, say uh, Villa. It's it's open season because I don't even know. I'm going to throw Leeds. I'm going to throw Leeds United into there as well. Leeds, because yes, I think Leeds but, but, are a big, big club. I don't think I don't think it would take more than about three or four years for them to be up in in the in the league in the top six. I think they can attract players. They've got a good manager. They've got an incredible fan base. The stadium is good and, and getting better all the time. Um, global appeal. Everybody knows Leeds. Um, trophies. And they've won. They've won. They've won trophies. They've won the, yeah, the Don Revy's Leeds were huge. And talking about the stadium, well, we've been there, haven't we? Um, mm. and, and we've seen the stadium actually. And do you know what? Maybe I was jumping the gun a bit with Villa because I find it staggering that that you can't put Villa in at least the top eight of the biggest clubs in England because you, you would say traditionally Aston Villa are. But actually, when you look at Leeds United, and yeah, if if, if they were to have stayed in the Premier League. And been just a, a staple bona fide. Remember when it went well for them? 
when it did oh, yeah. go well. And they were, they were, you know, top three Premier League team, Champions League semi-finalists. And with yeah, David, David O'Leary and it was, it was, Risdale, yeah. it was a glorious, glorious time for Leeds. But you think about Leeds, you know, we live in Froome in Somerset. There are Leeds fans everywhere. Do you yeah, know my many Villa? One. My brother's yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you know that there's yeah. a, that Leeds fans are everywhere, and and they they are very passionate. They, you Do you know, know what? Very... I think we'll go with that. I think I we'll think, go with Leeds. I, I think Leeds as well. In terms of as well historical everything else, I think you lay it all on the table, stack it up against the criteria. Leeds are for me going into seventh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so Leeds United, uh, yeah, definitely into seventh place. Uh, from there, I am putting Villa in now, and I know you got Everton, and I know you got Newcastle. I'm saying no, that's enough. Um, I think you cannot, cannot. I mean, they're back in the Premier League. They've got, I, I think, in terms of a playing squad in comparison to someone like Newcastle, I think yeah. they're definitely above them at the moment. I, I think the manager Dean Smith is highly underrated. He did a fantastic job at Walsall. He did a really good job at Brentford, and now in his third big managerial job he's doing a very very good job now at Aston Villa they've just mm. sold Jack Grealish for a hundred million pounds the infrastructure at a football club the, the bit that lets them down in my opinion is the global appeal because you could argue you could definitely argue that someone like Danny Ings should be playing for England couldn't you surely yeah you but know? I mean if you think about let's talk about global appeal for a sec with Aston Villa if you go back six months and you drop down into Rio de Janeiro yeah and you and into the favelas and you said any of you any of you lads heard of uh, Jack Grealish? And they'd have gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Jack Grealish. Man City. Or if, you, if you'd have dropped down into Buenos Aires and gone and found some kids playing football, said, uh, name me some English teams. I bet none of them would have said Aston Villa. No, you're You said, right, name me some can't... English players. So Jack Grealish was actually probably on a global appeal. Uh, if you look at the global, global appeal, Jack Grealish was bigger than Aston Villa. But that was one bit of the criteria that we've set out. Mm. Yeah, but it's a point worth making, you know. Uh, you know, let's look at trophies, uh, you know, as well. Villa yeah, won the European, European Cup. Cup. And you can never, ever, ever, ever take that away. Never take it away. It's something that Man City don't have. Um, mm. Look at the, you know, I know geographical location doesn't mean much in the criteria, but they are in the heartlands of the country. The ground that I, I maintain, Villa Park, is a really, 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 really fantastic ground in terms of atmosphere, in terms of capacity, in terms of facilities, in terms of they used to host the FA Cup semi-finals. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a big ground and you cannot underestimate the size of that club. Um, for me, I, I, my personal choice, James Harrison on TTM Sports Show, I would put Aston Villa next on that list. Right. No, I'm, I'm happy to go with it, James. I, I, I agree. The problem we're going to have now is we've got two spaces left. And how many and clubs? I think we've got, who are in the realistic shout of top 10, Everton. Yeah. And we'll talk about them all individually Yeah. before we make our decision. Newcastle. Forest. Forest. Leicester. Yeah. And then I'm probably going to say West Ham. Yeah, Absolutely. It's really tough. It's really, really tough. And I think the, the red herring in the top 10, we, because we're football nostalgics and we're football historians, that, that, that at the end of the day, that we, you know, in this media world that we're in, we've gone for Villa. And I think a lot of uh, hardcore, deep-rooted um, English football fans would be inclined to agree with that. But in terms of a global appeal, that's only one inch of the criteria. So, the, yeah. uh, you know, you're saying in terms of global appeal, Leicester City would have more of a, a global appeal than, than what Aston Villa and Leeds would have right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Leicester... Of, Leicester they're, for they're, me. 
they're another club that have really shot into this sort of, you know, into this conversation over the last 10 years, probably even less than that, probably the last eight years. Yes. Um, you know, Leicester are, they are a top six Premier League club without a doubt. Yep. Um, they've got a fantastic stadium. We know we've been there. That's where we finished the... It's um, been improved the, as well, as we know. Yeah, the 20 and 24 challenge when we went to every Premier League ground in 21 hours and six minutes. We actually finished at the King Power at Leicester. They were very accommodating. They allowed us to take photos and film inside. Um, if you check that out on our YouTube channel at TTM Sports. Um, so that is, uh, again, Leicester. You can't argue with them. The one for me is... Um, Newcastle. Now, again, during that trip, we went up to Newcastle. The stadium Massive. is it is right in the city centre. Yeah. It's 55,000. It's yeah. a one-club city. They get fanatical support. Um, global appeal. They've had some big stars over the years. You know, you think about Alan Shearer. Everybody knew Alan Shearer. Everybody when Bobby knew Robson Newcastle. Was Bobby he, Robson. He, he took them to the, you know, the Champions League, and, yeah. and you can't ever forget that. But what I will say is this: is we're judging them on current criteria. So if you have a look at the playing squad in comparison to Leicester and Everton, yeah, they're not on a par. If you look at the managers in comparison to Leicester and Everton, they're not even on a par. If you look at the global appeal to Leicester and Everton, yeah, you probably, you know, Everton a bit closer to Newcastle, but they're not on a par. And, one thing and, I think, you know, um, the, I think one fan, base, I, fan base, yeah, they're, they're, fan they're base, fan base. No doubt. This is another one. This is another bit of the criteria. I think Newcastle have got some, you know, they've got a shout in this because of it. And, and that's uh, ability to attract stars. Yes. You, they signed Michael Owen from Real Madrid. But when was the last time they signed a bona fide star? Mm, yeah, no, that that's true. I mean, Nobby Solano, I would say was, was, a, was a big star. Yeah, um, Kieran Dyer at the time. Um, yeah. Um, you know, Lauren Robert. Yeah, Lauren Robert, wonderful left foot, gold Nike boots, always wanted them, never afford them. Yeah, so they, they have had some stars, but yeah, you're right, James, in saying, when was the last time they attracted a big star? You ask a Newcastle fan, probably uh, before Mike Ashley. Um, yeah, yeah. You would have to say. So yeah, uh, difficult one this, really, isn't it? Um, uh, if it was me and I had a gun to my head, I would say... I would say... I would say uh, but then Everton, I, and, and I, you... Yeah. This is a whole different. This is a whole different debate. Right? What are Everton? They are Everton are a staple English Premier League club that have never been relegated from the top division. That have always been hanging on to the coattails of their more illustrious neighbours. However, in the mid eighties, Everton were big, and if it wasn't for English fans being banned from Europe, you could argue that they would have then maybe actually impacted the European arena. Let's not forget Gary Lineker, the Harry Kane of his day, uh, was playing for Everton. Um, you have to argue again that, that in terms of the stadium they're about to build and it's signed off and they have now broke ground on that stadium at the docks there in Liverpool. Um, it, it's actually cost Liverpool the uh, World Heritage uh, culture. Yes, it has, yeah. Uh, site. But you have to acknowledge that the owner's got money and he loves the club. So they've yeah, got far, money. Far, yeah, Farhad Mashiri. Look at the it, playing squad, James, in comparison to Newcastle. Uh, Leicester, I think Everton, player for player, um, actually have a better playing squad. Look at it. Alan, than Leicester. Hamas Rodriguez. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You've you got to think. Jordan be. Pickford. Exactly. They've got big, big players. Luca Dean. They, they've got big players. And, and also, um, you know, the, the 
Damari Gray. You know, he was Leicester. Yeah. Now where is he? He's mm-hmm. at Everton. Fan base, I think Everton... Um, I, It's very, very tough because West Ham are creeping into my mind. However, I would... I would have to go on record and say, I believe it's very close. Now, global appeal. Leicester, for me, win the global appeal battle because of their interest in the Far East from the uh, from the, from the owners there. That yeah, Thailand. Yeah. Job. Such a great job. Um, so you could argue that Leicester have got the better appeal in terms of managers. I would say on a par, different managers, but probably in esteem, you could argue that Benitez has, has won the Champions League and he's won La Liga. However, Brendan Rodgers took an unfancied Liverpool team to within a whisker of a Premier League and dominated Scotland, albeit no Rangers was in the league. So that does it count is another question. Um, You've you, you got to think, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Everton. Never been relegated either and consistently won trophies throughout their history. Number nine, Everton. Yeah, and then I would say Leicester, and then mm. and then we need to debate the bonus number 11 out of Newcastle and, and West Ham United. Yeah, but you're missing out one as well. You're missing out one here. So are we, are we completely discounting Nottingham Forest back-to-back European Cups? Well, then you could argue Derby County as well, couldn't you? But, um, you know, I think uh, it's the clough effect. And let's not forget, in the late 80s and early 90s, it was Forest and Liverpool. Um, you know, with Everton as they began to fall back into the pack, Liverpool. However, what what you have Forest. to what you have to take into account now, I Fan get I, I get the clough I get the clough thing, I get the Forest, I get Forest, I understand, I respect Forest. However, in the last twenty years, what the what have they been doing? What have they done? They they've slipped into obscurity. They haven't won a game this season under Chris Hutton. Uh, the stadium's probably fallen into rack and ruin. Um, I would I would say Forest. Ask me 15, 20 years ago, yeah, top 10. Now, absolutely not. I mean, who's their best player? Name me someone. Name me someone that plays for Forest. Well, there you go. Um, so, no, no, Lyle, yeah. Lyle, Taylor, Lyle Taylor's up tops. Yeah, who? But, um, um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll agree that Forest will be positioned so at I, number 13 then. Uh, yeah, so I think nine. I'm, I'm with you, James. I think Everton. I think Everton. Just you know, the debate then is between Newcastle I think it's been... and West Ham. What about Leicester though? Oh, Leicester top ten. Yeah, Leicester in Leicester in uh, ahead of Newcastle. Yes, global appeal. Yes, manager. Yes, playing squad. Yes, history. Uh, we'll look at the last three or four years, and they haven't done it through investing sixty, seventy million pound players in like Manchester City do. So yeah, um, England, England, in England internationals as well. They've had Leicester. a few uh, Leicester as well. Um, and current players tracking squad. stars. I would say they're Newcastle not got the edge on them. Yeah, I would agree. But they Leicester both... don't sign. Leicester don't go out and sign big stars. They no, sign they do spend players big with money. potential. They do they spend, spend, you know, Islam Slimani, thirty-five million pounds. They had to do something at that point, and they had to go out and splash the cash. I mean, but then Newcastle spent fifty million on Holinton, so yeah, yeah. it's under the radar, doesn't it? That one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think so, but, uh, Leicester for me. I right now. I, I'm sticking with my 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 heart and my and my gut. I would say Newcastle, but James. And do you know what? When we when we rewind again, and we were having the pre-show. I mean, if you were to open up Football Manager any point over the past, let's say ten years, you'd go Newcastle, wouldn't you? You would. You think, oh, sleeping giant, you know, massive club. That's what pops into your mind. 
don't get me wrong, a, a career save on FM at Leicester City would be incredible. Um, however, Newcastle for me. Um, if you were to drop, switching... if you were to, um, if you were to drop down right now mm. uh, into, I don't know, the bank in town, and you checked your balance, and your balance was ten billion pounds, and someone said you've got to go and buy a football club and turn them into the greater, you would, you would, you would go for Newcastle over Leicester, wouldn't you? Yeah, Newcastle, and, that, and then probably that... Sunderland actually after that, but that's a different debate altogether. But uh, no, <laughs> I would, I would say Newcastle, Sunderland, massive club, massive club like Wolves, um, and even Middlesbrough up there as well. But uh, I, I would say. Uh, yeah, I would say Newcastle. Uh, and then after that, Leicester City. They have to be, you know, at least top 11, which then leaves West Ham, which we haven't even really spoke about. I mean, look at the yeah. infrastructure, global appeal, so, West Ham, probably not. Manager, <clears throat> yes and no. Sometimes he is, sometimes he's not. Playing squad. When we found out last season, we did find out, and I said it on, on numerous other streams and stuff like that, as soon as they pick up a couple of injuries, you will start to see them fall away. And what happened? They fell away when they got a couple of injuries. Um, yeah. Fan base, well up there. Um, I think they've got a bigger fan base than um, probably five, six. In, 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 yeah, I do. I, I think their fan base is massive. West Their Ham fan base is bigger than Leicester's. It's bigger than Tottenham's, in my opinion. And I, and I also no. think it's challenging Arsenal and Chelsea. West Ham, absolutely. Um, I, I think they are a massive, massively well-supported club. However, let's look at the criteria. England internationals in their team at the moment. Declan Rice. Um, arguably, Aaron Cresswell could get a call-up, but he isn't playing for it. Mikel Antonio ignored. You, so you would say one regular bona fide England international. Yeah. Let's have a look at Leicester's England internationals. You know, I mean, they 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 sell them all, though, don't they? Exactly. So, uh, but you they, know, you know, Vardy, Chilwell, uh, yeah. Madison. Yeah. Um. So I, I look, look for me, West Ham. If you again, if you had a hundred billion, you know, West Ham would be on that list. Um, you know, I'd, I'd leave the Olympic Stadium and I'd just buy a new one in, in East London and do it right up. But uh, no, I, I, if you were you to know. take over West Ham tomorrow, you keep that, you keep that, but you make it better with the we right investment. You know, everything's the there. The infrastructure is there. It's, you need it's... to bring the fans closer to the pitch. Um, I, I think West Ham are huge and they deserve to be in the conversation. They deserve to be spoken about. They deserve, they've always been up there. Um, always throughout the history of English football, they've won trophies. They won the World Cup in 1966. I think, um, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. Um, but one thing with one thing yeah. with West Ham, and, and this is for me, uh, I, I strongly dislike West Ham. Um, right. And one of, one of the main reasons is, and this is why they don't make the list for me, because mm-hmm. they're not as big as they think they are. But you could argue that about a few clubs, couldn't you? You could argue that potentially. You could argue about all clubs. Tottenham at White Hart Lane, the old White Hart Lane, I would have said exactly the same thing. However, the fact that you've got that stadium and that manager and that and Harry Kane and Son and, you know, and yeah, then you go down a bracket to the rest of them. um, You you would say that, and that's being realistic, you've got two world-class stars there. Um, I I would argue and say at the moment Tottenham are ahead of West Ham. You've got to be an absolute buffoon to not to not realize that but um so our list then we'll go from the opposite way up let's go up so in position so we, 13th it's oh oh we start we're going down to 13 yeah. uh we gotta keep it top 10 well i was gonna say 11 12 13 so we go 13 forest um yeah then we've gone west ham 13th forest 12th west ham 
Eleventh Leicester. Eleventh Leicester. Tenth Newcastle. Yeah. Ninth Everton. Everton. Eighth Aston Villa. Yep. Seventh Leeds United. Yep. And then obviously your big six: Tottenham, City in fifth. Yeah. Arsenal in fourth. Yeah. Chelsea in third. And uh, who was in second place? Who was, it? who was in second place? Who Manchester was United. Oh, Manchester United, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and obviously, to round it off, obviously, Liverpool uh, at number one. Now, this is going to be open to massive debate. And if you're listening to this podcast and you strongly disagree, well, head over to our Twitter page. Follow us at TTM Sports. Get involved. The the, the, ch- the channel, the, the page is growing uh, um, a, a stupendous rate in comparison to the year beforehand. Um, get involved. We're, we're always about now. And the, the closer we get to a 1,000 followers, which we're only just over a ton away from, um, we can start hosting these spaces and we can start actually having these genuine debates. And we also have the podcasts and YouTube channels. We'll be following England over the next couple of months as well, which would be interesting vlogs for you to, to watch too. But James, uh, anything to sign off with? Yeah, one thing I do want to just finish on. Um, which is not related to this, but it's very important. Yeah. I've said all summer that Harry Kane is going to stay at Spurs. All <laughs> summer. I went on record saying he would stay. Uh, you argued with me. We argued for days, hours. Anyone argued with me. And I always said Harry Kane will stay at Spurs. And what's happened? Well, the club haven't let him leave, have they? That's what's happened. So the I bottom, think the bottom if the line, player the... had a choice, if the player had a choice, if the player had a choice, he can't now because he's put out the statement. But if you go back, let's say 48 hours ago, if he had a choice and they said, we've accepted a bid from Manchester City, tell me what would have happened. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, I never said that he was going to stay because he loves the club and wouldn't dare leave and go anywhere else. I said he would stay at Tottenham and he's staying at Tottenham. The circumstances are irrelevant. I yeah, said he so would stay at Tottenham. for six months. Yeah, well, you know, we're talking about a different kind of character here, the Harry Kane to Philippe Coutinho. I mean, look what's happened to him now. Nothing. Yeah, Waster. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Harry Kane's a different kind of animal to someone like a Philippe Coutinho. Uh, but anyway, just wanted to finish on that because I told, I told you so. I told you all so. No, fair enough. And we accept that. Um, and at the end of the day, that's, that's football. That's the game we all know and love. You just never know what the hell happened remember fabian delph coming out to the aston villa fans <laughs> yeah. and six months yeah, later yeah. he was gone um, six so, hours later wasn't it yeah something like that yeah so uh look um that is our top 13 and more importantly top 10 biggest english football clubs if you'd like to see us do a different one whether we do the top 10 spanish clubs which would, which would be a wonderful wonderful that podcast would actually be, that would be, be very, very good and um, very interesting indeed then uh, look no further than TTM Sports. My name is James Harrison. Uh, my name is James Hounsall. You've been listening to the TTM Sports Show. Catch us over on Spotify and we'll see you again very, very soon.
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.